The Westworld TheoryCast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com right now and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com is the men's accessory marketplace. They aim to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each and every day. Now, we all know that there's a coronavirus going around and we want everyone to be safe and happy. And a lot of things have been canceled. Okay. And a lot of sales that Cufflinks had have been canceled too. NCAA, things like that. But they have now put over 700 items on their sale page to get a great discount while people are planning that next outing with their friends. When this all clears up, and you go out, you're still going to have to look good. So head over to cufflinks.com today. We wish you and your family well. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. Let's follow along. All right. Okay, cool. All right. Okay, cool. Cool. Welcome back to the Westworld Theorycast. Today you have the cleanup text coming together to close out the week and the season. My name is Gina Giacchetti and my co-hosts are Tim Hines and Andy Theobald. For the cleanup text, we round up the trash, the missed pieces, things undiscussed, and things perhaps completely wrong. We're here to tidy things up and today we'll be discussing season three the finale of Westworld Crisis Theory. If you're looking for more podcasts about TV shows and movies, please check out dvrpodcast.com. The network covers a ton of different shows from Better Call Saul to Mindhunter and even The Bachelor. So, hey, how's everyone doing tonight? Last pod, last pod. Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing good. I'm a little sad it's our last pod, but I think we're going to send it out with a bang. I hope so. I hope so. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing well. I had a great uh, week of television that I thought was actually going to be a crappy week, and I found some cool shows after the the dust settled on Bernard. So, <laughs> you know, I needed nice. some, some other things to get into. found a couple random things, but it's been a decent week, but it was a very cool episode, very cool ending to the season, and something i wasn't really uh expecting so it beat my expectations yeah so what um how would you rate the episode i would give it i would probably say eight yeah that's what i had too i gave it a solid eight yep that's that's i'm right with you guys there i i didn't i thought it was a little better than last week's it wasn't exactly what i was expecting but i still the more i've thought about it the more I really have come to appreciate it and like it a lot. So, Well, cool. So I kind of, I mean, the titles always mean something in these episodes. And so I looked up crisis theory because I figured it's got to have some sort of de- definition. And um, per Wikipedia, crisis theory is concerning the causes and consequences of the tendency for the rate of profit to fall in a capitalist system. And I guess it's generally now associated with 
Marxist economics, which, you know, I mean, we see the world crashing down around them. It's definitely something about causes and consequences in this episode. But, you know, if you want to think about it from an economic standpoint, and um, I think Ken mentioned this in the pod too, and I had thought the same thing. It was kind of like Ken and I watched this episode together when I heard him talk about it. I'm like, I felt that way. I did that there, you know, but um, it was uh, really similar to the end of Fight Club, you know, after they blow up all the credit card buildings, which is definitely, you know, leads to all about capitalism and economic collapse. And um, yeah, I just, I just thought that was a, a really interesting ending and how it riffed off that. But, um, I think there actually was a couple other, there's a couple other little subtle nods to fight club as well. The, uh, like once Caleb is starting to get power, everybody starts calling him, sir. It's the same thing. Ooh. Same way Edward Norton is called sir in yep. fight club. He is in a way. Um, yeah, they used uh, liquid explosives to blow up buildings at the end of the show. That's, I mean, I kind of assume that Lawrence's liquid explosives he had in the truck. Yeah. We used to blow up the buildings at the end, the same thing that happens in the end of Fight Club. Like there was lots of little cool little references like that. I'm pretty sure they were all the Fight Club. Yeah, no, those are good those are good catches, Andy. Um I wasn't that tuned in until just kind of the end with the really obvious one. But no yeah, I, those were ones I caught those on the second time. I mean the first time through I would not have not caught those at all, but the second time through they really stuck out. Cool. Kind of like Axel had said on the Monday show, I was pretty obsessed with Fight Club back when that came out in 99 as well. So it brought back a lot of flashbacks for me. Yeah. No, I could definitely see that. Um, something else I just wanted to talk about. It's a total nerdy thing. But as we were watching the episode, um, the setting they were in where um, the snipers were kind of going after Dolores and Caleb and then later Maven and Dolores were there. It was kind of, you see kind of like a, an area where it looks like it's kind of downstairs in a shopping center and then upstairs and kind of a, like an elevated atrium where you could see the city in the background. Um, there's something about, this is so nerdy, the tile <laughs> in, uh, in the, the lower part of the that kind of structure they were in because it was a huge spiral. And it was so distinctive to me because I spent like five years cutting through the Embarcadero Center in San Francisco on my way to work every morning. Um, is that like a shopping mall or something? It what is. is it's kind okay. of like it's um, – it's, Four, there's Embarcadero Center, one, two, three, and four. And then the Hyatt is quite close nearby to it. And um, and so, yeah, it's, it's kind of a mix of office buildings and retail and okay. restaurants and things. My eye doctor is, is in one of the centers. <laughs> but the, the tile in it is very specific. It's all these little, like, circular spirals and it's like you just think about the person that laid that down like they just don't do that anymore in yep. centers and at one point they were replacing it and I was I kept looking at that I'm like is this the Embarcadero Center I'm like I thought we were in LA <laughs> and so um I mean just kind of everything even like when they're on top and the structure down below and so I um I looked up the architect for Embarcadero Center and it's the same architect for the Western Bonaventure, Western Bonaventure, which was that kind of like big, more cylindrical um, building in the background yeah, I, when they were there. 
And I, so, I think the I think the Westin is also where uh, a large chunk of the movie True Lies is filmed. I think too. There's like a big oh, chase, and I think the yeah. Westin. Th- I think my sister lived in L.A. when that movie came out, or around the time the movie came out. And I think she, I remember her telling me that at one point. I might be wrong on that, but sorry. No, I think I think a lot was filmed there, and I, I feel like may, maybe even parts of of a Blade Runner might have been there, or something was modeled after that structure. But anyway, I thought it was really interesting. I was like, oh, okay, it's the same architect, but it felt so familiar to me when we're I was watching those scenes because I was like. I feel like I've been there before and in a way I kind of have in a different city with a similar structure. But anyway, that was, well, I one of the, up on that for a minute. <laughs> one of these, one of these pages that you have linked in the articles here, Sid Mead was one of the designers on Blade Runner. Okay. Yeah. John Portman. And I, and Sid Mead. Yeah, yeah. I see his name there. Yeah. So that would make sense. So is okay. it, is it like very maze like, you know, <laughs> they're, um, Actually, it's interesting you say that. Um, they're in the structure in the building that my eye doctor's in, the center. They actually have some curved walkways that go up that seem very like space age. Like if you're a skateboarder, I'm sure it'd be like an awesome dream for you to try and like skate down those. But um, but th- there is something maze like to it in terms of some of the different. Uh, ways you get up to certain levels that just aren't like normal architectural things you see. So, um, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, there's one, since we were talking about architecture, there was another thing I was going to bring up later, but I can do it now because it's kind of a location based thing. The, uh, the address that, that Bernard goes to, to see his, his ex-wife or to see Arnold's ex-wife. Did any, did you guys catch that? It was written oh. when, Lawrence writes it down and it's just a split second. So you literally have to split to pause it to see what it is. And the address is a made up address. But when I looked it up a little bit, it's, I figured it was something important or some kind of Easter egg. The address was 27713 Ravens Road in Los Altos Hills, California. And that's a famous, I, when I looked at the Los Altos Hills thing address up, it was it's famous because that's where Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, and when they found an apple in the garage, was in that same neighborhood. Really? And Mark Zuckerberg lived in that area yeah. during the early stages of Facebook. Just thought it was kind of a cool touch where they had the the tech things continue and they put it in that same neighborhood. Kind of, I thought just kind of a neat touch. That was an excellent catch. Yeah, that's a great catch. Wow, um, very cool. I, I spent a lot of time freeze framing this episode, so <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> well, no, I mean that's how that's how you see some of the stuff that's in there. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, you know, especially when they have the you know, like the little profiles of the either the people or the hosts, you know, with you know their fates or and, their yeah. uh, psychological derangements listed out. Yeah, yeah. And this year they they had a lot of that stuff like kind of blurred out on a lot of scenes. It was very hard to read compared to like mm-hmm. the tripod from you know the last two seasons. Yeah. Yeah, you can maybe make out one or two lines. Yeah, one or two lines, and you couldn't really read out the rest. Where last year you could read every line on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was some game element in here, but I almost want to leave that to the end because that's where I, <laughs> I have like a big theory um, when we get there. But um, I don't know. You just want to kind of jump in and and talk about some of the characters and. Um, you know, I was thinking that maybe we'd start with Dolores. Um, 
since that seemed to be a pretty big, um, you know, she had a big episode. She, she was rebuilt, came back, you know, Kayla brought her back to life. Um, you know, but there were, there are a lot of things she said in this, um, you know, cause I think the biggest question is, do we think we will see Dolores again? Um, and, you know, per the directors, it sounds like she signed for a four season. I think it just depends on like the capacity, but, um, you know, there, like something she said, like right at the beginning, you know, kind of is right at the beginning is there's only one real end and she's going to write this one herself. Um, you know, which I thought was interesting, um, particularly since she did have her end. It doesn't seem like she actually did write it and that there's another end that she might have control over. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, what about Lawrence just being there? Well, yeah, I, that was awesome. Like, I, it's just because <laughs> I think we're all like, well, where's the other, where's the other Pearl? Like, who's that in? And uh, when he showed up, I was just like, I was like, oh, thank God. Um, I feel like he's a very trustworthy vessel to have mm-hmm. Dolores in, especially if, uh, sh- you know, Dolores Charbot comes after him. Hopefully she, you know, hopefully Charbot doesn't know about Lawrence. Um since that was kind of a big reveal to, to all of us at that point. And it'll only be Bernard um, that we know of that knows. So, because yeah. You either have that route or a backstory to bring Dolores in. So, I mean, I can't really, you know, I can't really see more copies getting made. And right. Now, how about that, like, suit in the, in the like, coffin-type case that um, Caleb retrieved? Like, that thing looked like new technology than we've seen like that exoskeleton type of thing um the the body he rebuilt her with the skeleton underneath yeah i thought i thought that was one of the original ones or close to the original ones i think that's the old tech actually because it it looks stronger like it didn't need the blood it you know like when mave hit it with the the sword it just like stuck in instead of instead of like you know chopping off the limb well I think that um, when they first made them, they made them like this and they didn't have blood. Cause that was, <clears throat> I think that was like one of the things when, um, you know, William goes psycho and, and, you know, uh, well, I, I think too, that uh, when they're, when her and Maeve are fighting at the end, when she, when Maeve tries to hit her with that katana, she, I think Dolores says something to the effect of they used to make us strong and now they make us weak. Like, like they are. That just yeah. led me to believe that she was using an old body again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was kind of an old body. Um, and um, I just also thought it was funny, like, that Caleb brings her back and she's, like, putting on her skin and it's almost like, oh, now you're going to see me naked. Oh. <laughs> she's not real. I don't know. I just thought it was, like, a funny thing to imagine. <laughs> I think I still I still kind of think, I think this, this version of Dolores, I think is gone. I don't think we're going to see her. I mean, with all the stuff deleted, I don't know how they could, but they could still, I mean, there's the, how many times has it said this season alone that you're, you're alive until somebody doesn't remember you and the, the robots have, or the hosts have perfect recall memory. So, I mean, Bernard could build her again or whoever could build another version, but I don't think it'll be exactly the same as what this, because 
she's not going to have all the memories of being hurt all those years and all, everything else. So yeah. I really think this version of her is gone, even though there's a lot of them running around yet. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I think all those hosts have the same memories up to a point, but they wouldn't necessarily have the memory she has of, of Caleb and her, you know, her full master plan. Well, and and one of the, one of the things I had thought of too, while I was watching this the second time and it was a, it was, I was thinking about Hale and Charlotte and how they were different. And I kind of got to thinking like, I think a good way to think of it is like when she duplicated herself, it was like having quadruplets or quintuplets where at birth, they're all completely identical. And then once that goes from birth, they become very different people. And I kind of have that, if that makes sense, that's kind of how I'm kind of seeing the Dolores is where they, yeah, they have everything to a certain point, but then they, they really have all kind of became their own thing. Kind of like a twin or a triplet does Yeah, for humans. That's a good yeah. way to look at it. Yeah, they all ended up having their own path because they're put in different bodies and different situations. And even yeah. though they have kind of like the same core, um, you know, and it's like for people when twins are born, they don't they don't have any life experiences. Where here is like having a twin when you're 35 years old. Yeah, that's that's kind of a little different for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think because you know part of the whole thing that was amazing about Dolores this season for me was she actually did seem to be several steps ahead of what was happening, what was going to happen next um, in terms of kind of planning and, and doing her own predicting. Um, you know, do we think she actually could have foreseen, and this is how I think that there might be some weird possible way she could come back in her form, but if she could have foreseen or predicted her deletion, I mean, it's, it, you know, you know, you might have your demise, but, um, you know, I guess it's, it'd be interesting if she put in a fail safe, um, for kind of this scenario, the same way she put in the fail safe for, you know, when she died at, um, the center and had instructions for Caleb to bring her back. I, I think she easily could have with the, the way she's done everything. And I still, I know we're going to talk about this later because I had the same exact thought that she put in the note that I, I still think a simulation is possible. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk uh, about that later, but yeah, that's, I still, I, th I think she, she definitely could have predicted what, what was going to happen and what did happen. Yeah. Um, so like Ken, this was, I think the first time I ever cried during Westworld and I was a freaking wreck. You guys, I was sobbing. <laughs> I was sobbing when Dolores is in that field and Maeve is there with her in her, not her, you know, madam wear, but you know, her kind of the, costume she wore when she you know she was the mother to the little girl and they're interacting and it was just for me because I've always wanted these two to team up and you know the whole thing this season was just you know for various reasons Dolores knew Maeve would never trust her even if she told her the truth like Maeve wouldn't believe her until they got to a certain point in this game and um I don't know I just thought it was the beautiful and amazing and Rachel Evan Wood was so fantastic and and of course Fanny Newton as well because she was to, you kind of saw her coming to realize what the whole purpose was and what was going to happen and that you know it wasn't just about Dolores and some big master plan to blow everything up part of this whole thing was to get 
um, to get Maeve to the point where she could actually have a choice. Um, Make her own decision. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought it was awesome and super well done. Um, Anyway, that was, that was my response to that. I was a wreck. Um, And even on the rewatch, I had a couple tears. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. it oh, was, go ahead, Tim. Sorry. It was nice to see them finally come together and like Maeve listen to what Dolores had to say. Um and then it was just a cool turn of events how Dolores gets taken out in just as they're, you know, kind of connecting there. Um it was very, you know, kind of poetic, everything, the way, you know, she was laid out and the way she was absorbed into Rehoboam. Um but there's also a chance that she's still in Rehoboam. So, you know, he, he, Caleb wiped, wiped everything, but we, you know, we don't know what kind of light speed maneuvers she was making in there. Cause if you really think about it, they showed us again, how fast that conversation was because it started at the beginning of the episode. And we you know we're to assume that every, the whole time Dolores was talking was to Maeve and that time Maeve was inside her was only for, uh, you know, a brief moment uh, out, out you know, in the this, you know, framework and not inside the, you know, uh, Dolores's head. And, you know, remember, you know, Maeve had said time moves very, mm-hmm. very slow in yep. there. So, you know, by the time that she was out, she had already, you know, known all that information. That's why she was already, you know, getting into position with, with the sword and everything. So, um, I think that, you know, there's enough time to, if Dolores did get into Rehoboam to set a few things right before shutdown. Yeah. Yeah. Something about time moving faster in a simulation. Yeah, much faster, um, much faster in a simulation. Yep. Yeah, um, which is super interesting. Um, I also really loved the line from Dolores this will this uh, this this year this <laughs> episode, <laughs> which was um, and this year um, season uh, that free will does exist. It's just fucking hard. Um, I feel like this is. I don't know. I feel like this is a, that could be a phrase for this time that we're in because it's a great line. Yeah. It was a great line. (laughs) The, uh, um, before, before you move off the Dolores thing too, I I had it in the notes here, but we kind of skipped over a little bit. The Dolores being Eve, the, uh, yeah, I, I had a little something to add about since we've basically had cleanup tech Bible study the last couple weeks, (laughs) <laughs> we, uh, I, uh, I was after last week's, I was looking up some more stuff and, and I don't think we actually, I was looking up some more stuff about Caleb because we had looked, talked about Caleb and the Bible. And one of the things, and after reading it and then after seeing this episode makes me think that, uh, Dolores maybe isn't Eve. She might be Moses. Caleb, one of Caleb's biggest known things of fame was being a spy for Moses. Caleb made it to the promised land. Moses didn't. Oh, that is really interesting. Yeah, I, like I thought it. it was super cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I do like that. Because um, I mean, like Dolores is basically trying to, yeah, she's trying to take her people to the promised land. At least that's what she's saying she's trying to do. 
Yeah. And Caleb would technically be a spy for her or a soldier right. for her or whatever you want to call it. I don't, I thought it was a, another cool, neat little connection. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, yeah, I kind of fell, fell back into the Eve thing just because she was, you know, what was yeah, it? Oh, yeah, definitely uh, Eve as well. <laughs> yeah, Maeve, Maeve was like, we're just very different. She goes, we're not different. She goes, I was the first one. Like, you all <laughs> come from me. Like, you know, that she's like the mother of the mother of invention yeah. of, of hosts. And I thought that was just kind of a great way to think about it. And um, yeah, I'd never thought of it in that way of her being Eve, that literally she was, you know, the very first, uh, the very first host. And, and that when they got her working, they modeled everyone else off of her. Yeah. Um, so interesting. Um, yeah. So interesting, which is maybe why, she knew she could duplicate herself and that yeah, other it's happened. Would happen. yeah, it's happened before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is very interesting. Anyway. So, um, I don't know. Do we want to talk about Bernard next or Caleb? Oh, we, we already mentioned Caleb a little bit. We could just go right into him and come back to Bernard. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't have too much. Um, okay. I didn't have too much around Caleb, just that he's like a very reluctant leader, you know, and I think we've seen a lot of these just in, um, you know, kind of movies and, and books in the past decade, decade or so. I mean, you know, he's kind of like Neo in the Matrix. He's Katniss Everdeen in the Hunger Games. It's like they just yep. kind of stumble into this role where they're expected to lead. And it was something they never even thought about before. Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whatever next season brings. If, if, if Caleb's back, um, you know, kind of how he evolves into this role that seems to now be meant for him to, to take over. Mm -hmm. I think that the Caleb storyline pretty much, especially through this episode like kind of for me solidify the idea that this is the, a big game and the whole way he traveled and maneuvered through this episode was just like a game like it was like he was at the the one of the end levels and like he was getting help from all corners of the of you know the the road Everything was dead silent, and mm -hmm. it would be like a few bag, a few uh, soldiers at like one of the facilities. Then it would get more and more, and he would get help. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the next scene has him getting a reload from Marshawn Lynch's character, and mm -hmm. then he, you know, he's like, "Here you go, sir, a reload." And then, you know, he has now has more weapons and, you know, it's getting more hectic with the, the riot. So it, it, it was like, to me, reminded me so much of walkthrough of some cutscenes or playing parts of a video game. So I feel like this whole season kind of was Caleb's story. And this is maybe built for Caleb, this whole thing. Yeah, there was, um, there was even one point when they were both trying to, when Caleb and Dolores were on their way to Insight to get to Re Re Rehoboam, 
um, Doris, Dolores said to Caleb, the system's going to get more aggressive the closer we get. And I'm yeah. like, well, that's what happens when you're playing a game and you're trying yep. to like get to the end of a level. Like, you know, everything comes out. Yeah. You've got to fight it off. And um, it just seemed like a real, uh, you know, very obvious thing. And you picked up on that too, Tim. So, it's, yeah. And couple that with the fact that she said that, you know, that if, if what Dolores says about Park 5 and Caleb's whole backstory of him being able to make a choice that, <clears throat> excuse me, that there's a possibility that he was such an outlier that they're doing fidelity tests on him and, and maybe they're running, you know, all these simulations to see how he handles certain situations and they're just doing a big study on him. Take a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year and we're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed, happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks. But guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Yeah. Because we've seen all different things he's been involved in. No one, no one so far on the show, even like Dolores, you know, as many places as she's been in, no one's been in as many traumatic like framework type places as Caleb and he the way he can kind of recall these memories and quote unquote flashbacks right when talked about now it's kind of weird like it just like he you know he's just thinking about what he needs to think about and all of a sudden boom it pops up like does he have that control or is Dolores popping that in his head somehow? Or it just seems very convenient? Or just something we're, we're missing in, in Caleb? Well, you know what it reminds me of? Because he has had so many traumatic events that, you know, it seemed like they either, you know, um, reprogrammed him in the, um, the re-education center or they had him, you know, taking the Limbus discs. Um, and it's the same what they did with the the hosts, right, after traumatic events. I mean, you know, Caleb may have been in very different, you know, several different environments having traumatic events. But, you know, it's like it's pretty much guaranteed Dolores was like, you know, raped and or murdered a few times a week in her host state. And, you know, they erased it every time. And and repressed all that for a while. And then when she became more sentient, that's when things started coming back to her. And, you know, with Caleb not being on the drip and kind of, you know, you know, not necessarily as hooked into Rehovim as maybe some of the other people were, would kind of lead you to the same 
place that maybe Dolores went through in season one, he was starting to remember things that didn't totally make sense, or he had a certain memory that wasn't the true memory. And then all these different things come back. So um, I do think there's something there in terms of both kind of, you know, the similarities between the hosts and the life that Caleb has. And maybe that's the same of other outliers um, as well that, you know, they were basically being manipulated in the same way hosts were to serve a purpose, the same way hosts did. So, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think there's something more to Caleb that we don't have yet. There, I mean, yeah. that's, I'm, I'm guessing we'll find out. I'm assuming Aaron Paul comes back next season. I'm guessing we'll find have more of that filled in, but it, yeah, it just something just doesn't quite, doesn't just doesn't feel like we have everything there yet. Yeah. Um, so should we talk about Bernard a little bit? I think that's a good idea. <laughs> very, very interesting storyline with him. Yeah, finally. <laughs> um, um, it was interesting. I think it was when he was talking to uh, Lawrence. He's like, Bernard, you know, you've been playing your part, the most important one, um, which I think is an interesting question because it, you know, what does that really mean? Because he, his role this season was was quite small um unless his part was really just to keep that data safe and to to stay away from you know kind of key dolores i don't know what do you what do you guys think about that because i was just like part has he been playing i think that's a really crazy question yeah that's i got i mean over i was i was definitely disappointed in the fact that he didn't seem to do a whole i mean jeffrey wright didn't seem to have to a whole lot to do so i don't but it's obviously important. I don't know that that line is definitely was, I don't know, strange. <laughs> yeah, it was but they like, pointed it out. It was almost like uh, they dumbed him down a little bit, and Dolores, like you know, knew that no one would really look at him because he's just so nerdy or always overlooked in the park. He'll probably be same, you know, overlooked the same way outside of the park. And you know. That that was actually I think I was gonna I don't know if I brought this up a couple weeks ago but I was going to it so I always thought it was strange where that first episode where we meet Bernard, the two other guys that are working at the meat plant like identify him right away and try to beat him up and he's never identified again at all like they meant they had meant to say in, or they said in that episode how he was a wanted man and responsible for killing all these people and he goes into the middle of the city and nobody recognizes him at all the entire season. Yeah, that is. I don't know. There, there's just there's some, there's strange things with Arnold or with Bernard here too that I'm, I don't know. I, I can't. I have no theories behind it. It's just it seems strange. Yeah. Well, even the team up with Stubbs is honestly a little weird, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, you know, they're they're kind of not a, a pair that you would think of teaming up together, and it wasn't necessarily you know like a George R R Martin pairing of characters where he puts. <laughs> two completely different people together and somehow it works amazingly and they form this great relationship. It's just kind of like, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's Bernard and his can opener. <laughs> yeah. As William said, I don't know. It's kind of strange, but, um, what I, I, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Oh, no, go. Finish your, <laughs> oh, finish I was, your thought. Because I, I was just going to say, when you brought up the can opener thing, it was something else. I th- when I, I listened back to our pod last week when we had mentioned that, and I didn't even think about it, but earlier in the season, Stubbs actually did open the can of beer with one hand. So he literally is the can opener. I thought that was kind of funny as well. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> um, he is the can opener. Um, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, so I was going to say, I I don't really totally understand why Dolores sent Bernard to go see Arnold's wife. Um unless it was for him to have a, a realization that he doesn't have to let go of that memory of his son. That's not even real, but I, I just, I didn't even understand why we were doing what, why they went there. Uh, and there's gotta be some reason and maybe we just don't know yet, but I was wondering if, if you guys had any like insight or thoughts on that, because I just kind of thought it was a nice scene, but it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, well, I, well, I have a lot. I think I have more questions than I do answers there. Like one of the things that uh, the first thing I wrote down about that is before he goes into the house, when he's talking to Stubbs, he says, I need to talk to Dolores first. And that's when he goes to talk to his ex-wife. Is Dolores based on his ex-wife? No, I think I think he thought he was. He just, okay, he just thought, OK, I was just reading too much into that one, maybe then. And I, the, when she called him Arnold, I thought that was interesting. I wonder if that is going to do something to him. Cause he didn't react like my name's not Arnold. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, it's, I don't, there's, like I say, there's way more questions about that scene than there is answer. I, I loved it. That scene was when you had said you got emotional on the, the scene with Maeve and uh, Maeve and Dolores, I got emotional on that scene. I just, that scene just, I loved that scene. I mean, most yeah. of it was, thing, but <laughs> yeah, I just, I really, and another note I thought was interesting about that scene, that actress played Bernard's wife in season one on the video chats before yeah. he knew he was a human. Yeah. I thought that was, yeah, it, that was interesting too. Um, I did recognize her from that. Um, <clears throat> I almost wonder if this was um, a fidelity test for Bernard, actually, now that we talk about it. Hmm. I like that idea. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what else it could be. I couldn't, I can't, I can't think of any other reason besides to give besides to give Bernard a, a cool scene or something. I don't I don't know. Yeah. 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 I, I, I had not much with that. You know, I, I found it, you know, unnecessary, especially being that he's a machine, how much do you need to really connect with that emotion? You know, it's it's it, you know, it seems like something you could run through as a program. Uh, it just you know, it was kind of weird unless there was something there for him. Unless it was a program. Mm. <laughs> that, that was his, his end, his game. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so I think the question we're all wondering is Bernard puts <laughs> that headset on and mm. then the stinger at the end of the stinger is, I'm pretty sure we all thought this the second it happened, didn't we? Because we've been talking about this all season. <laughs> like, yeah, where where did he go? Where did he go with that headset? Where do we think he was? And do we think we'll find out where he was last season? Like, I almost think because the stingers don't really seem to necessarily have to make sense in any kind of chronological way. Like, you know, the one with William last season didn't at all. 
I'm wondering if, if part of season four might, we might be with Bernard wherever he is during this time during that. I don't know. What do you guys, you know, was he, was he just in the Valley beyond with all the other hosts or I don't know. I would think it's their version of what Rehoboam or Solomon could do. So he's now hinging on the, what the end of the world looks like through their predictions. Well, the, I mean, the, it was so long that he was in there. I mean, that, besides just the dust, when I lo- looked at the second time, when he goes in there, there's a, a potted plant sitting on the table. And when he comes back out of there, the pot is still there. There's not any remnants of the plant even there. Mm. It takes a long time, especially in an enclosed environment. There's yep. usually something left for a long time. So it has to be a very long time that he was in there. And like I, said, I, know, I know we bring it up constantly, but the, the time going faster mm-hmm. in the simulation it, it is is the the uh, the sublime actually reality where he went? Yeah, that's that's kind of what I wondered too because you know it's it's doubtful he was like really stuck in you know wherever he was for yeah I don't know fifty years a hundred years like we don't even really know but it's it's likely that yeah time there's okay oh gosh what happens when you go to other planets and isn't there like a big time lag? And sometimes when you're in, <laughs> sorry, this yeah. is like going down a rabbit there, hole. There sometimes, can be because yeah. that, that whole Nolan movie, uh Chris Nolan movie interstellar dealt with a lot yeah. of that. Yes. Gina, we're going to sign you up for space force. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No. <laughs> I said that like my niece does. No. <laughs> that could, uh, that could definitely, I mean, that's the space thing is still is, it's pretty tantalizing. I'd be surprised if there, it's, if we don't go to space itself at space world, I still think that's a very good chance of happening. So I'm just going to kind of go into like my theory now with kind of the, the time lapses and the game simulation and, Andy, I know that you were, it sounds like you were thinking this too. We've kind of been talking about it, but. I, lo- I love this. I love this so much. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of wondering, and we've talked about this being a big giant game simulation. And it's kind of like, okay, if it is, what's the purpose of it? And so I'm wondering, has this been designed for whoever is playing it. And I imagine that somewhere there are life forms, whether they're host and or human plugged into something like the matrix somewhere, but are they, is it designed to perhaps help them try to find the right way to save humanity or the world? Um, You know, even, even with the Sharbot kind of like host farm happening at the end, and you know kind of our theories that you know they're going back and forth between another planet not necessarily the moon but somewhere else you know if this is a big simulation that's going very fast and it would make sense that it's trying to go faster because it'd be like processing different scenarios and seeing how they play out but you know what if what if they are in a game somewhere else and this is all kind of designed like a high-tech purposeful game to try and figure out how to either save or 
or rehabit the actual earth that they destroyed so they can go back and, and restart civilization there. Like I'm kind of thinking they're all on another planet somewhere. The simulation runs as if they're on earth or in different settings. Like is Westworld just a setting? Like maybe this is where we need to, to go back to, or this is how we need to re reboot. Um, is it Shogun world? Is it, you know, maybe they've been in future world this whole time. I, you know, I don't, I don't know, but it just seems like with all the different scenarios and even Park 5 that Caleb was in and Dolores was there and clearly some of the other hosts, it's like, are they trying just to like run a bunch of programs to figure out what's actually going to work the best? Yeah, how to, how to save themselves. Yeah, it's yeah. The same ver it's a, that's what I mean. It's the same version on their side. You know, it's their Robohum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we're just kind of seeing the inner workings of it. Yeah, because, I mean, the, William still had that line earlier in the season about Earth being a pile of ashes. Yes, yeah. Which, I mean, it, even even the, even the some of these, this even after the riots, it doesn't look like a pile of ashes. So, yeah, not yet. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. But, oh, but even, when he, even when MIB goes to Dubai at the end, that looks pretty, like it's in pretty good shape. It does. And that, and yeah, and no riots and it seemed very calm. And I think that was something that they commented on and um, the pod with, with Brett and, and Jenny and Axel yeah. too, um, that something seemed off about Dubai. And I, I, I agree. It did seem kind of, you know, very pristine. Mm -hmm. um, um, I also felt like there is no way they actually demonstrated how freaking hot it is there because it is hot. <laughs> I got a plane <laughs> there once and it was like 113 degrees outside. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, I don't know. It, was, it, it did seem very artificial in a, a very strange way. The whole thing was kind of, kind of strange. I say that a lot. What, uh, what did you guys think about the Stingers overall? Did you like them? Not like them? Well, the, the, I liked I definitely liked them both. The William one was was very intriguing because it still makes me wonder if that other William that got killed was just another version of the of the test to see if this was a good fidelity test to put yep. William back out on the street or or you know plant William, you know, into society rather. Well, it's, I had a I had a thought about just both of them in general that I wonder if they just added those after they got renewed, like they filmed them way back when. Because if you take those off, this could have been a pretty amazing final episode with them looking over the city burning as the as it goes to credits. Yeah, does that does any of that make sense? Because everything there'd be a couple loose ends, but it would be pretty well tied up. And I wondered if that was. So I, I wonder how much of that is actually has been planned out ahead of time, but I don't know. That's that's more of a technical question, I guess, more than storyline. I just I thought it was interesting thinking about it without the stingers once and how it could really be kind of a they weren't sure they were going to get renewed kind of a thing. Interesting, yeah. Um, you know, they they could have added it just you know, I guess to to wet the whistle, you know, a little tease, but I don't you know I don't think they needed to. 
just because we would have came back, you know, came back yeah. anyway. And that's not going to like the, that's going to definitely not grab a giant percentage of the audience to be like, Oh shit, look at that. I'm definitely coming yeah. back now. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> we would have been there no matter what, what, uh, what did you guys think? What do you think about the new MIB? Do you think it's, is like memories from original MIB? Do you think there's a, a pearl from somebody else in there? I mean, William even says to her, are you her too? Like referring to the host MIB as Dolores. Oh yeah. I, I had had that theory like five or six weeks ago. So when he said that, I'm like, Oh my God. But then it, 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 nothing happened. So yeah, I I'm mean, guessing it's just MIB's memories that Dolores had. Cause Hale says something about how, how you're so simple and you're easy to understand. My guess is it's just her memories of him in the park. So it's going to be, he's going to be even more psychopathic than the William we've seen. Yeah. But then, um, you know, I, I don't know that we, and this was a question I think they brought up too, but all the guest data from the park, um, mm-hmm. where that was, I mean, they have that too. So it wouldn't necessarily only be Dolores's memories. It's kind of, you know, oh, all it could be of, everybody else's. Yeah. It could be, yeah, it could be, you know, kind of his, you know, kind of everything that he did there. And, you know, he was outside the, his first visit to the park, you know, well, the other, the other thought I had is the park. He was, you know, he was, you know, man in black, yeah. horribly violent. Yeah. The other thought I, I had wondered about, and this was just crazy theory talk, but was that the whole reason why, why she sent him to that the place and got the implant put in, and where he separated all of the, all of the bad Williams, and she just somehow used those pieces because he separated them out somehow when he killed them off. I don't know. That that's like crazy tinfoil type stuff, but that, that scene, I, well, thinking about that scene in retrospect, I'm wondering what was really the point of that scene of the scene where William, besides it being yeah. an amazing scene, but I'm uh, sorry, I'm going way off onto the deep end here, but <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I, I think the only thing that the, the most important thing we learned from that scene was that William had this violent streak at a fairly young age as well. And I think think man in black host said, he's like, you know, this is who I've really been all along. You know, it was, I scrub a month out of my life every year to, to go to the park so I could be myself. Um, And, you know, maybe that's just kind of like to, to bring it full circle, you know, cause I think, you know, maybe they needed to destroy that kind of very sweet image of William that we saw when he first entered the park uh, and yeah. Morris and um you know, maybe they had to just ruin that because uh, I'm silly. I'm <laughs> <you're> silly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they had to ruin that for us and um Oh, I like that. Yeah. I needed to be reeled back in there. That was a good job. <laughs> Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I was I was getting a little too far out into my own crazy parts of my brain. So good job. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I I wanted to kind of like uh, let's see, is there anything else like kind of before we get into kind of more like random questions that anyone wants to talk about? Got a few um, random questions like Ciroc, like or or Maeve even. Do you um, think? Uh, do you guys think that we've seen the last of Ciroc? 
I say no because they should have just freaking killed him and made sure he could not come back because even if Rehoboam's not speaking to him, he still somehow will have access to technology somewhere. Yeah. And we still haven't ever found out who Sirach's mole was. It's been mentioned a couple times and it still hasn't been confirmed as to who that was or is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's still Hale. I think Hale was, play, was playing both sides. Well, but didn't he, didn't he told Hale, though, that he has two moles. Yeah. Her and somebody else. Yeah, it was it was Hale before, and she was doing the double Asian thing, but yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I guess she was doing it from the other side. Well, that could be. <laughs> I, I think we're going to see him again, too. I mean, if we didn't, I think they would have killed him off, but... Yeah. yeah. We spent a lot of time learn, learning about the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, something I was... Uh, so, the Park 5 that Caleb was in, I'm just trying to keep track now. We've got Westworld. We've got the Raj. We've got... So, I, I, can, I can help you out with this. I actually... Okay. Oh, okay. The uh, after After each... Uh, season gets over I try and go back because I know they do a lot of like uh, tie-in marketing through websites and that kind of thing like they have an insight website and a Delos website and all that kind of different things so I, I, after each season I like to go back and look at some of those things I don't want to be spoiled on stuff before I see it and on the Del there's like a Delos website I think it's delos.com or something like that where you, you can go on it and it looks like an ad for Disney World where you basically can click on all the different parks and about the company and all that and it it has them listed officially what they are. Park one is Westworld. Park two is Shogun World. Park three is War World. Okay. Park four, it is a image is blurry and you can't, it's it's like it's all blurred out, so you cannot tell what park four is. Park five says reservations closed to the public, defense contracts only. Ooh. Interesting. And park six says the Raj. So oh. a, according to the uh, that web, according to the Delos website, which is like official by HBO, Park Four is the only one we don't know what it is. And I mean, kind of we're led to believe that it was a game of Th- Westeros World or something because of the dragon from the dragons. But that's the only thing I can think of. But the, if that was the case, I don't know why they would blur it out. True. Because then- when you go to the website, it'll, it'll it says something like. The, the these are parks are currently closed, not taking reservations be, due to stuff at the park. So, I'm assuming it's been updated recently. So, yeah. Well, yeah. With the with the park five reservations closed to the public, that would mean it was done after this last episode. Well, and then it makes you wonder because we know at least in the movie versions of this that there's future world, but that mm-hmm. didn't seem to be on the parks map. So, yeah, is it? Yeah. Is it westeros world or medieval world yeah <laughs> and maybe 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 that's why they were selling off the dragon and all that stuff anyways because they weren't it was going to be something else i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah they were turning over the park for, for or they just wanted day. drogon to make a cameo <laughs> that too and, and that uh, was cool yeah it was cool it was cool um so when bernard wakes up in his dusty tome do we think next season he'll look up and Stubbs will like still be in the tub, kind of all <laughs> up in bodily fluids and whatnot? Or I mean that I mean there has been theories that Stubbs is that second mole. Yeah. Um, 
I, I still think that that's the case, but yeah. Well, and it might be. And I think whether he's there or not will determine whether or not he's the mole. Yeah. Um, although I think if, if he was, maybe he would have tried to take Bernard somehow. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that yeah. was funny. I would think we would have to, because I mean, it's not the first time we've been left wondering what happened to him. It wasn't it the first season where he got kidnapped by the uh, kidnapped yeah. by the the natives, and we didn't see him for five or six episodes, and nobody knew what happened. Yeah. So, and then he was just there again and perfectly fine. And that's yeah. I think when we kind of started thinking, is he a host? Yeah. Like, he doesn't seem to remember that. And yeah. He fears the hosts, but they took him away. I don't know. Um, it's kind of funny. Um, so do we think that the, uh, all the outliers are still alive from Solomon at Solomon's yeah. place? Yeah, I think so. Cause I know there was a screen there when the, when the person walked in that said reserve power on. So I'm, I'm assuming that means that they're still, they're still, still okay. Yeah. They're still, uh, keeping fresh in their cold storage. Yeah. I think they're still there. Um, I think they wouldn't introduce that whole thing just to kind of kill yeah, them all yeah. off and, and leave them there. And I think we'll, we'll probably see that facility again somehow. Yeah. It seems like it would be kind of a waste if that was the case. Yeah. If they just eliminated them for nothing. Yeah. And I think we need to see Jean me again, Sirach's brother. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe they're the Cain and Abel in this story. That that sure could be. That, yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, anything else, Tim? Did you put your headset on? Have you gone into Bernard mode? <laughs> Did we lose Tim? I don't know. Oh Tim man, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> I had, I was the whole time I had the, I had the mic button muted. Oh no! Oh no! I thought it was kind of like, oh, I know Tim was tired, but yeah, I was, I, I was wondering if he fell asleep too. No, I was, I was like, wait, what? I'm, I'm answering him, but you guys kind of picked up where I was, what I was saying, and it kind of worked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no! So yeah. Anything else to say, Tim? Now that you're off of you. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, um, not about that, really. Anything else, though? About about the whole thing overall. Um, I mean, it it kind of was like looking at the notes and thinking about it. It was more like an episode where it you know we got our our check-ins with each character and we got like left in the dust <laughs> like Bernard um, but, you know we have like now the the main I guess pieces set up to the you know where we're headed and it felt more like like you know Westworld like where we would check in now 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 I could see like like a whole slowdown and like a whole thing you know taking place in between the time period like going backwards in time instead of you know maybe going forward telling a story but you know there's a lot that still you know needs to be unraveled or you know figured out in this maze 
But you know, I, I feel like we were pretty close to, you know, hitting the nail on the head with the, the theory or the, with you know with with the game stuff. Um, but as you know, I think Bernard definitely is key. Um, you know, I, I like I like the season overall. Um, the episode I thought it, you know was a lot better than my expectations. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Um, it's always, you know, we always have so many theories and it's, it's hard to tell where it's going to end up, but I do really like where it, where it ended up. Um, I also like that there was some kind of redemption for Dolores because I think oftentimes throughout the various pods that we did and just even the characters on the show this season, both mainly Bernard and, um, and Maeve, they just had like, uh, such low expectations of Dolores that she was just really out for blood and destruction. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I, I liked the closure there when Maeve is like, you know, I never really understood her before, but you know, now I do. And, and Bernard says to Stubbs, he goes, I think Dolores is gone. He goes, and you know, she, I underestimated her. Um, I think he was, uh, you know, like relieved and pleasantly surprised. And, um, you know, it's kind of sad that he didn't, you know, she, she kept a lot back from both of those characters the whole time, but it was, you know, partly because, you know, she said, I didn't trust myself with that data. That's why it's in Bernard. I knew I could, I could trust it, uh, with him. Um, you know, and yeah. she, she had to, and that was part of her, like, coming into consciousness and being able to, to make choices. Um, and, you yeah, know, Bernard was kind of her Frodo. She couldn't, oh. trust herself. she couldn't trust herself with the ring, so she had to give it to Frodo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, Tim, did you have a COVID, did you have a COVID-19 connection to this episode this time? I think you mentioned one earlier. Um. Well, I uh, when they were outside of the building, instead of open it, uh, open it up, open it up, they they were all chanting "shut it down, shut it down," and they were all in like, like uh, you know, uh, like a big protest type group getting hit with riot shields. So it could be the tie-in. Nice, I like that actually. Shut it down. Um, the first, the first That's funny. Um, I always, I kind of thought, oh, you know, Bernard wakes up when COVID nineteen is over, and all the dust because it's like, never gonna end. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, that's why he woke up. He's like, all right, humans are gone. I can come back online now. Now it's ready for us. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um. I, I mean, do they do they have everlasting power or what? <laughs> That's actually a really good question. I mean, yeah. how are they powered? Actually, it's not like we've ever seen any of them plugged in. It's just always come back online. Yeah, that's a very good question. Huh? Yeah. Some type of perpetual motion machine on the inside. It must be <laughs> powered by the sun. Who knows? I, yeah, you don't see anything like that. I don't, I'm, I've never even heard anybody ask that question before. I know. That's actually a really good question. Hmm. Hmm. I guess inside of a game, you don't really, you don't yeah, really need those answers. Yep, exactly. 
That's actually yeah. true. Yeah. That's a good argument for a simulation right there, actually. <laughs> it is. And the differing bodies is a good kind of hint that there could be a game to like, oh, level up and get your old body back or have a weaker body. You know, it could be like a reward for getting to a certain level. So, mm-hmm. um, or a choice, you know, if you get to pick from things that are going to help you moving forward. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in terms of who won the week and maybe the season, um, I'm going with the, our, our pure form, Dolores, Rachel Evanwood, uh, and that personification of it, even though she perished in the end, she achieved her goal. So I feel like I have to give it to her. I'm giving it to uh, Bernard just because for a couple of reasons. Number one, he finally got something to do this season. <laughs> um, he survived the finale alive, got to get to the promised land. At least that's what we're led to believe. And it also leads me to believe that he's in for a much larger role next season, which I'm very happy about. Awesome. I'm going to give it to Dolores because she just, you know, this was her hopefully you know swan song if unless they you know bring it back for some other reason but it was a a very good ending to that that story arc you know if that is the way um <clears throat> but yeah that that was my pick yeah and mvps i'm giving it to to the newly established team maven caleb because I think uh, they both got to a point in this where they were able to make choices. In this and world, you can do anything you want. Yes. It was, it was great seeing Maeve. It was so great seeing Maeve kind of revert back to that season one madam form with that. that those lines at the end were great. I love that, too. The uh, My MVP, I, I had so much fun following Tim last week and going off book, I'm going to do it again. So my MVP was... Kind of a long-winded story here, but I've been listening to three fantastic things in the tractor this week. Um, the other Westworld Theory Cast pods on this network, some great music, courtesy of DJ Tim Hines, nice, and the soundtrack to Westworld season three by Ramin Javadi. Ah. His score all season. It just came out on Spotify here a week or so ago, or I think maybe after the finale. That's when I listened to it, anyways. And the score all season's been awesome. I mean. Cool referencing other music, tons of other music, creating a bunch of new themes. They're exciting, they're eerie and creepy sometimes. I thought sending the season out with Pink Floyd and telling Axel, yes, we are going to space was genius. I think it's the best <laughs> the best score of the first three seasons. So Ramin Javadi is my MVP of the week. Nice. That's I had to write all that down. I didn't have all that off the top of my head. So I, I my last couple <laughs> thoughts I had to write down while I, so I didn't miss anything, but yeah. Uh, yeah, my MVP. I'm I'm definitely going with Caleb because he he got the job done. He went to Rehoboam, even though you know he really could have just put his hand down and and put that key on the screen and then fought the guy. But you know we needed a little drama. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now it was great. It's been a, a fantastic season. Um, just, you know, you guys are also MVPs. 
because we, uh, I think, you know, we provided a lot of entertainment as well as good content, and we cleaned a lot of stuff up. I feel like we did a great job as essential workers during Westworld COVID-19 <laughs> Season 3. Well, that's, I wanted to say something similar. I mean, a little bit more long-winded. Like I said, I had to write some stuff down because I didn't want to forget anything. So I'm, this will be a little bit long-winded and probably a little corny, but I don't care at this point. Um, first off, I want to thank Axel for inviting me to be on this podcast in the first place. Uh, before the cleanup tech started, I'd only even done three other podcast, one-off podcasts, all with Axel. And when I asked him about being on the on a Westworld podcast, I assumed it was just going to be for one episode, like when I, I did a guest on his Watchmen podcast last season. So I, I figured it would be one episode, and that would be it. Um, you can imagine my surprise when Axel got back to me and said I was going to be on a weekly podcast with you two. <laughs> and I have to admit, I was nervous as hell, not only because it would be a weekly show, and I had no idea how to prepare for that, but because I had never even talked to either one of you guys until about five minutes before our first show started recording. <laughs> and, and I mean, after that first show, I mean, I knew right away I was in good hands. I mean, I was so excited after that first show. I don't think I fell asleep for three or four hours. It was like, I think the sun was coming up when I fell asleep that, that night. It was amazing. I just want to say to you guys too, that this has been one of the most fun and fulfilling things I have done in years. I haven't done anything creative to put out into the world since I was in high school band, like 25 years ago. <laughs> Um, had a great time talking with you guys the last couple months, and I really hope whenever Westworld 4 happens, we are all in a place where we can record together again, because this was just an amazing experience. I loved every second of it. Oh, I, it was, I mean, I have to say the same. It was, it was great. And, you know, like you, Andy, uh, I was, like, I, I thought I was just wanting to like get on like one podcast. With <laughs> and then it was like, I'm like, I'm like, Tim, we're doing this every week. I'm like, <laughs> and I was worried. I'm like, is there going to be enough to talk about if we're like <laughs> podcast? And, uh-huh. um, you know, it's a little stressful, but I'm particularly grateful that we had this during this time we're going through now, this whole, like we basically did this whole thing through COVID. I think maybe we, the week before, you know, the first week we started, I don't think we were quite in it yet, but. Yeah. I think the first lockdown started happening like in week, maybe after week one or after week two. Yeah. It, but it was early. Yeah, no, but um, yeah, I think I, <clears throat> I'd only really done, well, I, did, I guess we've done a couple of podcasts together before Tim, some some West uh, Westworld, some uh, Game of Thrones yep. roundups and stuff. And you came on Handmaid's Tale, uh, Resisting Gilead, uh, once last season. But um, yeah, because I, mean, I had heard I had heard both of you guys plenty of times. So I mean, I knew what you sounded like and everything. And I had some limited interactions, like on the Facebook group or something like that. But it was for me, it was like completely talking to two strangers right away. But like after the first few minutes, it, that feeling went away. So it was it was amazing. <laughs> No, I'm yeah. still in shock. It's really great. <laughs> Plus, it was, it's it's really good to know that you know we became the best podcast on the whole Westworld Theorycast network. So, well, obviously, that was a really good job. <laughs> I had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. I hope we brought the audience as much laughs as we kind of gave ourselves. <laughs> um, and you know, it, it feels good to be right with all the theories. <laughs> A hundred percent, I think we hit a yeah, hundred. Yep, <laughs> we just nudged Brett right off the, you know, <laughs> yep. the leaderboard. Yep. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Sad, this is our last one for for now, but hopefully, we'll get Westford back in a couple of years. 
Yeah, or we'll do something else. Yes, yeah. That's something we should think about, too. Yes, definitely. Well, cool, guys. Thank you, everyone, who's uh, tuned in to listen to us over the course of the season. Um, We hope you enjoyed us and uh, as much as we enjoyed working with each other. And, you know, there are a lot of more there are a lot more great podcasts on DVR network. So if you tune in and subscribe to that, it's likely that you'll um, hear from us again, either individually or with Axel or hopefully all together. That's right. Can't wait. (laughs) Until next season. Say howdy to your moms for us. Hi mom. Hi mom. Howdy. (laughs) 